All right, welcome to Look at My Records. We just heard All My Heinous Crimes debut single from Absent City. How about that? It sounded lovely. I played it at the top of the show because I played it last week and during my DJ break, forgot to mention that I played the song. So, Absent City, don't think I was neglecting you. I love you. All right. For today's episode, I'm here with Lorenzo Gillis Cook of Petite League. How are you? Good. Good to Good to finally meet you. You too. We've, We've known, talked on the phone before. We've yeah. known each other on the internet. Early 2018, so, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I was actually hanging out outside of the Capus Studios when we called. Yeah, when, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, good podcast. It was actually, the. I think that's the first and only podcast I've ever been on. So hey, happy. happy to be a part of that yeah. milestone for you. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, a lot going on to Petite League land right now, putting out a brand new record mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. Tell and me it, a little bit about it. Yeah, so we put out a record in 2017 called uh, Rips One Into the Night. And uh, that was, uh, I kind of worked on that record from when I moved to New York. So it was, took about uh, about a, oh no, a little bit under a year. No, maybe about a year. Um and uh, I've, you know, pretty consistently been putting out a record a year since I was like 15. So this was like a, you know, after that record and, and doing vinyl for that, that was the first time we'd done vinyl through the Native Sound uh, record label. And, uh, you know, we just kind of, it was like a big step for us. We toured a lot off that record. We sold a lot of records. There was a lot of like, uh, we did a partnership with Vinyl Me Please and stuff. So in terms of like the vinyl stuff, which was something that we, I'd always really wanted to do. It was like we did it, and then we did it big, and it was really fun. And uh, like a lot of people found out about us through that, com- those, yeah. you know, record communities, which was something totally foreign to me because I'm not—I I wasn't really a record head, and you know, just didn't have the money for it really, and and always had MP3 players. So I got, that was kind of my world, and it kind of got introduced to a whole other thing, and how people really like, you know, fanatics about this stuff. And it was, and also like you know, coupling that with like all the design work I do, it was really fun to actually see that, you know, and hold it. Um, so I was really excited about all that. And then um, after that, I got a full-time job. And uh, for the past two years, I've been trying to write a record uh, and balance a full-time job, dating people that didn't live in the city <laughs> for a lot of that period, too. Um, it's just like a, like a lot going on in the past two years. And, uh, but it finally like buckled down and like finished it, which was really hard to do. But it's the longest I've ever taken to write a record. But I think it... it will pay off just because it was not rushed in any way i had no time constraints on myself or anything um only towards the end it was like all right i gotta actually finish this but which is a good thing um but yeah it was it was a lot it was a strange 2018 for sure and uh yeah i had to put it out soon it's really really exciting and leading up to this interview you kind of mentioned you're doing things differently for this record and i love the first two records especially rips one into the night where some of the things you're changing up with this record and how'd you approach it differently than the first two? Well, so for the first thing, uh, like when I started, you know, I was like, okay, now it's time to start new and start writing some new music. Um, we had just gotten a practice space. We used to just go to the sweatshop around the corner here and um, just kind of like go in when we needed to, which is not great, but it's, it was more affordable. But now we have a practice space. So I would go in there and record. So we had a better setup um, in terms of like what we could do and how much more time we could expend on recording, which was huge. 
I'd also go down there and just kind of yell uh, into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and so my writing process was a little different because I used to do it in my room. And when I lived in Syracuse, it was a lot easier because it was like at a bigger room and my friend, you know, my roommates and stuff would be in school or they'd be out at a party or something. So I had the house myself and it was a lot, lot less pressure to not be loud. Um, but then in New York, all of a sudden I have to think about my neighbors and my landlord lived below me during gross one in the night, into the night. So like I was shouting some like very strange lines, like repeatedly, but I'm sure she was like, what the fuck is up with this kid? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So this time I kind of went in like, and just kind of let it come from, a, from just a, a gut more than I was just like actually like sitting down and, and trying to think through things. And I would, and it was, it would come like the first lines would always come from that place of just going in this dark room and having the song like sort of written and just like yelling stuff and then be like, okay, that sounded kind of cool. And then sticking with that and then writing songs based off that. And it was like, yeah, just the whole writing process. Every song has like a meaning. Every song has a, a actual true story somewhat behind it. Um, and yeah, just the way I was writing kind of felt different in terms of like lyrics and stuff. And also just, I started listening to a lot of different music. Um, like, I don't know, just the way I, I kind of figured out the structure, my structure that I work best in a little bit better. And this is like the first time on this record, there's a bunch of third courses. Usually I like cut it at two because it's just easier to do, you know, verse, chorus, verse, and then one more course or whatever and just finish it. But this one has a little bit more intricacies. Also a bunch of, um, my roommate, Adam, who's also in the band, plays guitar, did helped with one of the, or two of the songs. And he spent a lot of time mastering it and stuff. And I got another kid to help me with some stuff. So, like, there's other people that were featured on the instruments. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And how about the themes of this record? I always found what you sang and wrote about on the first two records very interesting because it really told your story. Mm-hmm. You were raised abroad and introduced to parts of American culture a little bit later on. There was a baseball theme, mm. kind of a coming of age songs, kind of songs about growing yeah. up and stuff. Does that continue onto this record? Or are you exploring different things now as yeah. you've gotten older? It's always a central theme just because like identity is always a thing for anybody. But like, especially for me, you know, when the band started, it was about telling those kind of stories because that was my life, like growing up as an expat outside of the U.S. and and just and then all of a sudden living in America and like discovering a whole different realm of music because I'd played in bands over there. But what I listened to didn't necessarily reflect what I was into until I discovered it in the U.S. So like I, I mean the whole like lo-fi thing that didn't come to me until I moved to America. So when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and the band started when I was like twenty. So, um, yeah, just the you know finding identity and stuff has always been like a, a theme. And this one, this record is more about. Um, it's less about that and, and transitional. Or it's, it's, a, it's always transitional stuff and like transitioning from you know, different parts of your life, whatever. But this time it's about reflecting on, I had like a whole like quarter life crisis uh, in 2018 where I, uh, I kind of wanted to like quit everything. And I, I work in music and, I, and that was something that I studied in school and I always wanted to do when I was growing up. And I wanted to quit that and kind of like saw myself valuing things a little bit differently. And I was dating uh, someone who was a little bit older um, who lived upstate and I was like this is so nice like I don't have to worry about money as much up here I don't have to worry about like I'm not stressed out I'm not thinking about like how am I going to progress myself and in my career and my music and, and it was just nice to like forget about that a little bit um, and so the, a lot of this record is about that um, it's sort of like green, the grass is greener on the other side sort of thing about like 
doing being yourself and like finding yourself in your progression or just letting yourself be happy with what's right in front of you and that's kind of a lot of this like there's like a western theme which is a little bit unfortunate because like all the cowboy stuff the uh, stuff that's been happening (laughs) but uh it's not really it's not it's more just the idea of the um the west as a whole like going west for something different and and like a lot of this record is a struggle between like finding happiness in the city and finding happiness outside of it and there's a lot that comes up like on every song pretty much very cool and how about sonically what can people expect when they listen to this record when it drops did you do you kind of have the lo-fi approach still or yeah a little de- different or? definitely like i'm always going to have to embrace that to a degree because you know we don't have uh, a lot of money to go into the studio and stuff and and like really bring out like this whole different sound that is buried under everything but also just like i mean i record everything in my room and we record the drums and some of the vocal stuff in just like our practice space which is about the size of this room so it's it's always going to be like that for this project for sure um but yeah i mean i i think that a lot of the songs are like peak petite league like at you know there's there's also like you know early petite league when i was like 19 and 20 that stuff is so raw and authentic because I was so young. and and But I think that there's songs on this record. Like, when I started the band, I wanted to sound like Radioactivity mixed with, like, the yeah. strokes. And, like, there there's less strokes on this album and there's a lot more Radioactivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that, I mean, I remember seeing them at Babies when I was living here for a summer in, like, 2014. Like, blew my mind. And that whole, like, Dirt Nap Records. and Yeah. And, Do they have members of the Marked Men? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they totally... I yeah. was listening to them recently. I'm like, this is... <laughs> definitely yeah, one of the guys cool. from yeah. the marked man yeah same cool. lead singer and yeah. i think he like writes a lot of the stuff but uh yeah a lot of that you know just those super like lo-fi power poppy like catchy as fuck like reckless eric with type. a good punk edge too, yeah for sure and yeah. so there's a lot of that on this record i also when i first started writing it like some of these songs are actually like over a year old at this point um but i was trying to go in a more of like a divey direction a little bit with like a little bit more reverb and stuff but it's the way I write music, especially when this, you know, Petite League's in mind, it's it's a little bit, it's framed a little bit differently. So um, it just always comes back to that. Like, I also sound like a child when I sing. I sound like I'm 16. And uh, that always just kind of filters through and it ends up being a Petite League song. I also like, I, I also created, like, I stuck to one audio, like, like uh, the, the, my vocal effect that I use. I just put my, my vocals through this amp. Then I kind of stuck with it. Actually, on my computer, it's called... Uh, strokes box <laughs> um, it's like not even a very good imitation but it's like that that's on every song on the record and I think in other other records it's kind of been a little different so I switch cool. it up sometimes that's awesome and you're self-releasing this record yes right? yeah. how's that process been and why'd you decide to go that route yeah well so since the inception of this band like we put out a couple single we put out one single called Surviving October and then Mom and Pop was really interested and they put out two um the next singles and it was like okay like uh, on their like subsidiary label called mermaid avenue yeah and um so like right from the beginning there was a lot like a weird for me especially it was just like okay some cool labels are very interested in this project that i did uh in my bedroom which i didn't even know i could do because i'd only the only experience i had with writing music or recording music was in a studio when i was in high school i was in a band that was doing okay like locally and we got some help from a label um but um so yeah, I was like really surprised that like 
lo-fi stuff could actually be filtered into like a mainstream thing. And I, I always felt like I was faking it. And like, I was like, they're going to find out I'm a fraud so quickly when they realize that like, I don't have higher quality anything. Um, so from there and then every other record, like a bunch of these, you know, smaller labels were interested in, in re-releasing and then releasing the next record. Like, I guess I shouldn't probably name them, but they're like labels that a lot of good bands are on these yep. days. And I just was always like, I don't want to give you, because also I was I studied music at school. So I also, and I, and I also saw that when we put it out on Spotify ourselves within the first month um, without any, I didn't even pay attention to it. It just shot up to yeah. a, a point. I was like, okay, this is, I didn't do anything. I don't know anyone on Spotify. I don't know how this works. Um, and this is like 2015, I guess. So it was just doing on its own it was doing a lot. And then I, I got, you know, like these managers were hitting us up like crazy big managers at the time. Like Alex G's ex-manager was like really interested. In, and then he quit uh, managing Alex G. Yeah. Um, but all this stuff was happening. And I was just like, I don't really know what you're going to be able to do that. I can't just do on my own. Cause I, I like, I have my hands in every aspect of every project that we're doing anyway. Yeah. And the one thing we couldn't do was vinyl. Cause I just didn't have the resources to just be like, okay, well, I also didn't have like the, the the numbers. Like I didn't know like if I bought 500 records that they would sell. I also hate doing mail shipping, which I, I have to do because I do a lot of we do a lot of screen printing for shirts yeah. and stuff. So I do it myself. Um, so anyway, so like all that's happening, and then we part for the last record and the re-release of No Hitter on vinyl. We did um, through the Native Sound, which was amazing, and that that deal was like he wouldn't touch any of the the digital stuff, and he would just handle everything yeah. on the on the record side, and would give us like a percentage of the records to sell at shows and stuff. So it was like a great deal. Like he, he made his money and then we got to have our records on vinyl and we had merch to sell and it was so validating, you know, and we've got to be in this community. I mean, we're only, we're only here probably because you found out about it through like records, right? So like yeah. that kind of thing, just what goes like really far. Um, we were excited about that. And then when this record was starting to take like its final form or whatever, I, I hit him up again and I was like, hey, are you, because he hadn't done much this past year and he has a kid and, work and his whole life um but he was like yeah i'm not really doing much on the label side right now he's, he's working. he actually did a julio his name is um he made a comic which is really cool but uh yeah so i was like okay well if you if he he doesn't want to do that you know he doesn't have time for it or the whatever he doesn't have the energy to because yeah, it's a lot of work because he does a lot of the shipping um out of his house and it's a lot of records i think he still has some material like, like boxes probably like just sitting in his living room which god it has to be so annoying um <laughs> but uh yeah, once that all happened, uh, I was like, well, I could just like put out a notice and just be like, if anyone wants to listen to the record early and is might be interested in, in funding the vinyl. But a lot of labels don't really want to do that deal because they want to take a percentage of your digital stuff. And I never want to do that. Yeah. It's like you have no idea. Like a lot of labels get so much credit for their bands doing well on Spotify and they have nothing to do with it. And then they're taking 50%. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't you did that for a tape deal like that's a tape yeah. label they, they you could have spent a hundred dollars and made those tapes yourself yeah um so i was like all right well how much is it really like how much do we really need to put into this and i was talking with henry who um who's the drummer in d league and he was saying well why don't we just do it ourselves and i was like okay yeah like how many records do we need and it's like we kind of figured out the number and then we figured that we could actually split it fairly you know we split it down the middle and we could start a label ourselves and just really just do this all on our own and really officially like because like every aspect of tea league has always been us and except for the vinyl things so, like why not just do it all and so yeah we're starting a label cool really exciting yeah do you want that label to put out releases by other bands yeah. or is it mostly pe- cool very yeah, cool because i mean i also so i work in music as well um i work at a music publishing company and uh like kind of the 
the dream job is always to just work for yourself, yeah. right? I mean, that, that's always how, always how I felt about music is like starting your own company and, and really getting to pick and choose what you want to do with it. Um, and Henry actually works at the company with me. So we, we do, we kind of learned a lot about music publishing, like from the ground up. And uh, we were just like, we can, we can do like a lot for bands with, like that a lot of labels don't even understand. Because I talk to labels for my job all day and no one understands how a lot of the intricate part of the industries work. Like publishing, I mean, it's 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 like, oh yeah, we sign up with ASCAP, you're all good. It's like there's so much more than that. Yeah. So we we're just like, well, we can actually like service bands in a way, in a fair way, without taking like a lot of their money and or a lot, you know, a lot of their the credit that's due to them. But we can also supply a lot of uh, extra stuff that a lot of labels, little labels, aren't really doing. So we just kind of felt like we had something that we could work off of, and so as a first release, we we're like, why not just do this Petit League record? So we're, yeah, I guess we're we're starting this label called Zap World Records. Um, and that, that'll officially be announced on the 14th as well. Cool. Very exciting. Yeah. So really exciting. Like, I mean, we have we don't know who we're going to put out after this, but it just felt like, well, this is a good way to come out with a bang. I mean, this is the fourth Petit League record. Petit League, rec- Petit League is already kind of established. So it's like people will pay attention probably, hopefully. Really exciting, yeah. man. And we're going to play two singles from the new record. We're going to play the first one that you already released, White Knuckle Wildflower, mm-hmm. and New York Girls, which is going to be coming out on the 14th. Yep. And tell me a little bit about these songs before we yeah. play them. Um, so White Knuckle Wildflower came out in March when um, I was on tour. Oh, we went down to South By. We toured down to the South. And um, I, uh, I had just gone through a breakup about a month earlier, and the record was starting to tape sh- take shape. There was maybe like six songs that were finished and a couple that were just like in the works at that point um and a, you know a few that were written that just hadn't been recorded yet so i was kind of just going through it and uh kind of like i was miserable for like a month straight like actually like dead-eyed and like not knowing what to do with myself we were we weren't we weren't talking um yeah. and it sucked and um and then i went on tour and i started feeling like a lot better about everything and and uh just kind of like getting out of the city was really like, important and uh so I had that song, and that song specifically is about like white knuckle wildflower being like uh, the, it's really that song is like a very typical like grass is green on the other side. Do I want to be in the city? Do I want to want? Do I want to leave? Because th- the deal with this girl was that she was going to move here for a year, and then we were going to figure out what we wanted to do. We were going to move in together, which is like so wild to think now. But um, it was just like everything was changing really quickly, yeah. and like my priorities were going to have to come. I was going to have to face it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, do I want to keep grinding it out and, and living in New York and like not making a lot of money and, and doing all this stuff or am I, am I cool with leaving? And am I cool with just living like a smaller life and being happy with that? Cause I was happy I, in that I, with the idea of it, but also like every time I'd visit her, I would get like crazy antsy. Yeah. Not, not being in the city. So like, and then it's like the FOMO of New York. I was having that yeah. like crazy. So yeah, it was just kind of, about that so that's what that song's about and it came it came out i needed it to put it out early like i was like this song's finished i want to put something out so i have something to look forward to you know and i can actually make an announcement because i feel like everything was really stagnant at that point because it was like all the stuff that we've been planning were just dead in the water so i uh yeah i put that out and um i was like unofficially was like there's going to be an album soon there's songs that are ready there's a lot that needs to be done still but here's the song there's no reason to sit on stuff if there's there's no actual timeline uh, of like events. You know, there's going to be a record soon. 
Um, I, I, and it, not everything needs to be planned, you know. So I, yeah. I put that one out, and it was a, it was really cathartic in, in a way of getting a lot of that stuff off my chest and just be like, this is kind of what I'm going through currently. It sucks. Um, here's a song that's not about it. It was a song written before everything happened while I was struggling with it, a very different side of this whole story. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what that song's about. And then, uh, should I talk about New York Girls? Or do you want to, should I talk about it after we play it? Or? Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, so, okay. So New York Girls uh, was the last song I wrote for this album. Um, and I, uh, I, went, I, when I went to LA uh, the first week of May. And I actually had like the full album track list done. I think I might even have announced it shortly after. Um, I went to LA uh, just with two songs that are now not on the record. Um, and I went to LA and uh, like a, an actual vacation for the first time since I graduated from college. Like I just took time off work and I wasn't working and I didn't have anything to do or anyone to see. I, I just was there to, you know, hang out with my friends and, and just be, get out of the city, like actually, and, and not have to worry because I was still going upstate sometimes and that wasn't really a vacation either. Um, so yeah, the song, the song, like the lyrics are like kind of crazy. Uh, I wrote it when I got back from LA and this happened this, every time I take a trip, every time I go to South by, I write one song. Every time like, we go on tour, I come back, I write one song that ends up being like one of my favorites on the record. Um, but yeah, this New York girls is, a, it's like, it's more of a, it's more of a story. Um, like, I don't know. It's every verse is like super cocky, like uncomfortably cocky. I think I, I have a line in the first verse. that's like, uh, I'm bigger than the strokes because like, yeah, that seems like the biggest thing that could possibly be. I like a lot of just overconfidence, and then it, it's just about like not being enough, and and that's like okay, well, it's not like crazy, but it also just kind of, it was just it just felt good to let it all out and just be like, I'm going through something still, and I'm happy, but it's and I'm doing okay, but like it's not always great, and that's kind of that is a bunch of silly songs like that, but this one kind of just felt like it was there and it worked and also like the chorus has like layered vocals and harmonies and that's something that I've always wanted to do work more with and I haven't really had the chance to do on other records and it just I actually like when when I wrote the first when the chorus came out like when I was like working on it after I got home I fucking cried man I was like yeah. I was like could not I was so happy I was also taking out a song that really didn't want to put on this record because I personally wasn't super into it a lot of people were into it but I I was just like, this isn't gonna, this isn't like what this record is about. And it's yeah. not really what I want on here. So it just felt like, and it was the last thing that I needed. The last little piece um, that I needed to put into this puzzle. And, and it felt great. And I just sat there. I was laughing, crying. It wasn't like a sad thing. It was just like, thank God. Like, but thank God this uh, was still in me. Because there was also like a dry spell where I wasn't able yeah. to write anything. And it was like, this still is, I still can write music. I still can chan- channel that energy in a really cool way. And, and uh, yeah, so so that like I finished that one and then pretty much like right after it was done, um, we recorded the drums and everything. Like let's put that out as the next single and yeah. Very exciting. These are two great songs. Can't wait to play them for everyone. And I'm gonna throw in one of my favorite Petite League songs, Pocket Knife from Rips One Into the Night as well. So everyone you're about to hear two new Petite League songs from their soon to be released record. We've got White Knuckle Wildflower and New York Girls, which will be out on June 14th, followed by a track from Rips One Into the Night, Pocket Knife. Enjoy, and we'll be back.
some petite league songs people and they were dope we heard two new songs white knuckle wildflower and new york girls new york girls will be dropping for all of you beautiful people on june 14th and then we heard a pocket knife from rips one into the night one of my favorite petite league songs from your 2017 album rips one into the night Thanks for sharing those songs. Lorenzo. Yeah, of course. Fun to talk about it. Great tracks. And now you pick some records from my record collection and we're yeah. going to play them. Yeah. This is really exciting. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, you sent me your Discogs link and then I was like, okay, let's see how many records. It's like 1,500 records. And I went through every page and it's like a lot of fun. You have a lot of records. You keep them all in one place? Most of them. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. And uh, I got to update my Discogs because it's not current. There's still <laughs> stuff that's not in there. So there's yeah. more. But first up, I love this record when it came out. Yuck's self-titled record. Mm. Um, when this came out, I was like, this band, so Sonic Youthy, Dinosaur Jr. E. Yeah. Really good stuff. Great band. Yeah, I uh well, so I so my introduction to a lot of like indie rock music was through this kid uh, I went to high school with who was a couple years older and he gave me a hard drive and Cajun Dance Party was on that, which was their band before when they were a little bit more indie pop, Brit pop, whatever. Um, and that was kind of like that type of music. I was really into a lot of British indie music and a lot of like Bombay Bicycle Club and Foles and all that stuff was like what I was exclusively listening to yeah. growing up overseas. Um, I had less, uh, of a direct link to a lot of American music or, and, and Yuck is like, in my eyes, obviously a very American sounding band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember, uh, hearing like the wall. And yeah. just being like, "Whoa, shit!" This is, and yeah. I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't really know Sonic Youth that well, and I didn't know Dinosaur Junior that well, um, which is kind of crazy now to think that I just didn't really even know what they sounded like. And my, this bands are my parents like, yeah, but um, and uh, yeah. So I just, that when that when I heard, first heard that, that was like the I mean maybe I heard it like after high school and I was already in college, but uh, I had a radio show. I was probably especially probably where I heard, it, and I, I shared it with this kid from Indiana. Who was playing? Uh, who really liked uh, Yuck and played some of those songs? And I was just like, "That's such a cool, 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 like fuzzy sound." And I don't know. I've never like thought about making music like that before. But that was a really influential record for me when I was like coming up with like the Petit League sound. 
and wanting to sound like a awesome. Band. Yeah, great choice. Yeah. Georgia, great song. Mm-hmm. And then after that, "Warning" by Symbols Eat Guitars off of their 2014 album "Lose." And I have like a fondness for this group. I grew up on Staten Island. They're also from oh, Staten right. Island, New York, originally. I didn't know you grew so. up on Staten Island. Yeah, I lived there till I was like 15. Cool. So this record, they they I feel like they don't get the credit that they deserve. This yeah. band and they're like so, incredible and have been putting out great records for a decade. Now. Yeah, yeah. My introduction to them, um, I can't remember like the first one I heard, but I wasn't super into it. And this was a while ago. This, actually, maybe I was in high school when this band came around. But then um, I listened to the song called Hawk Highway that they'd recorded in a church as like a one off. They recorded it in, and wrote it in a day, and I really, really, really liked that song. And I always listened to that. I would listen. It was on, you know, every time I would have like people over and I would make a playlist or whatever, I would put, make sure to put that song on it because um, I really like it. And, uh, but I didn't spend, I heard Jackson off of this record when it came out. Um, I think I was living in New York when it came, when that happened. But I was always like, okay, this is an underrated band. Like they definitely deserve more credit because like this is a good sound, but I'd never spent enough time with the records. And then when I was writing this record, uh, I really listened to, the, to Lose a lot. And I didn't know they were from Staten Island until um, I started like, I was like, whoa, these lyrics are crazy. And I wanted to know more about them. I was like, well, this is a New York band. Like, yeah. I love, you know, I, I think it's anyone who lives here likes to know like, oh, this band's from here. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's not just like a transplant band or whatever. And, and, and so I, you know, and also like, yeah, I kind of have a weird affinity for living in New York as, and not really having a hometown, not really having like a family base here. So like whenever something local happens, I feel like it's all, I'm also kind of included in it, which is yeah. selfish probably. But like, um, yeah, I, re- I really, 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 really like this record. There's so many good songs on it. And then, and like in the past few months, like finishing up this record, this was, this was like a really huge record for me to listen to. Cool. Yeah. Great pick. And then we're wrapping it up with The House That Heaven Built by Japan Droids off of their great second record, Celebration Rock. This record was like a record of, it's time for sure. Yeah. It was huge. Huge. You couldn't like go anywhere yeah. without them playing I in mean, your town and stuff. You know? I know that I mean, there was that summer. So I, um, so when I was getting driven to college, so this was summer of 2012. 12, yeah. Uh, I was, um, I guess that's probably when this record came out. Yep. Um, yeah. So we had my, my mom and my brother were driving me up to, to Syracuse. We were leaving from Cleveland which was like, they were dropping me off at school and I was 18 and I was like, the first time I was moving away from home and being very far away from home because um, they were going back to, to Belgium after that. Um, I uh, So th- this song kept coming on, on uh, we had like uh, Sirius, I guess, the yeah. satellite radio uh, and Alt Nation or whatever that channel is. And that this song like on that ride kept, kept coming on. <laughs> yeah. But me and my mom like really liked it. So it was not annoying. And it was this one and one of the other songs on this record. But um yeah great song and then when i got to school it was obviously like sad and like leaving like my mom and stuff um but uh she wrote a letter that i didn't find for like a month and she'd put it in my desk like in the desk and she'd signed it with the uh chorus and which is like <laughs> they'll always uh they'll love you they'll always love you in my shadow and it was like really sweet it's beautiful yeah great so, picks and you had really nice things to say about all of them so we're going to kick it off with Yuck followed by Symbol Z Guitars and Japan Droids. And then we'll be back to wrap things up. Petite League's got a show coming up later this month. We'll talk about it a little bit more about the new record. But for now, 
Just enjoy the tunes, people.
to the tinsel Fixed to the dealership And you're looking mighty ghostly Just like Bowie on Soul Train Wrapped in your sable That throws a break like a knife Or looks so nice to me Oh no So what I was in heaven No nightmares Probably cause I couldn't kiss the ground Warning I am some kind of man For Friendship's the biggest myth Hard to skip it like a Cessna Out and falling free Live in the space between Chatter, chatter from the dark Sing for free on the floor My love lives on And pops it into priority birthdays The fifth permission, yeah
Listening to Look at My Records on Radio Free Brooklyn. What a wonderful day it's been hanging out with Lorenzo of Petite League. We had a blast. Yeah. Just heard his record picks. Georgia by Yuck off of their 2011 self-titled record. Warning by Cymbal Zeep Guitars off of their awesome third LP. Lose released in 2014. And The House That Heaven Built by Japan Droids off of their Seminal second record released in 2012. Celebration Rock, great picks, man. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for show. I didn't, you know I had not seen your record collections. It was a lot of fun looking through that. I ended up listening to a lot of stuff that you had that I would kind of forgotten about. Nice man. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you got got something out of it, yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now we're we're wrapping up. You got a show coming up on the 20th, right? With Future Generations on yeah. the roof. Top of elsewhere. Yeah, we uh, we met uh, future generations on our way to South by and standstills traffic in uh, in Alabama, no, in Arkansas, and uh, they were clearly a band, and we were clearly a band. <laughs> That's so funny. Roll the window down, and right as we started talking, like, are you guys going to South by? Like, yeah, and then <laughs> That's so cool. That's so as, cool. As this, as the car started moving, they were grabbing a CD to throw at us. And we were started driving, and they threw it like really hard, and it hit uh, our guitarist who was with us, Connor, in the face. <laughs> um, but then we kind of stayed in touch through Twitter, and uh, yeah, we're it's gonna be a lot of fun. Really excited, June twentieth, elsewhere rooftop. Awesome. And the record, any yeah details? Um, I think uh, July twenty sixth is cool. the unofficial. Well, we'll probably finalize finalize that by the end of this week, but that's like the last Friday of July. Um, and then we have the uh, New York girls coming out June 14th um, and we'll have all the information ready by then. But uh, yeah, big summer ahead. Probably awesome. A, a tour, tour, tour in the works as well. Probably in the fall uh, or late summer, but just kind of get out there and do the thing. <laughs> cool. And we're going to end the program by playing a song from your 2016 record. No hitter. Yeah. Zookeeper uh, song about keeping your kids 
on those weird leashes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So did you just see that a lot and this song yeah. came out? I don't know. I don't really know what the why I was thinking about it, but the whole song is about like, yeah, just wanting to like be a, being like a wild child on a leash. And then I think it's, it probably has something to do with therapy. <laughs> I don't really know what it's about, but cool. that's the whole theme. Yeah. Great song. Uh, so we're going to end the show with Zookeeper by Petite League. I want to remind everyone that the Radio Free Brooklyn fourth anniversary party is this Friday. Sweet. And it's going to be a good time. I hope everybody can make it out. It's at Trademans Bar right here in Bushwick. Lorenzo, thank you very much for being on the show. Everyone stay tuned for more info on Petite League's upcoming record. Thanks so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Hey, anytime. Thanks for being on the show. And this is Zookeeper.